0: Back on the big wake-up call, AM 1280 WBIG. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and it's time for my next guest. She's an NBC News journalist who uh, made news with her coverage of Donald Trump on the campaign trail and is telling her stories in a new book, Unbelievable. My front-row seat to the craziest campaign in American history, and it is Katie Turr. Good morning. Good morning, Ryan. I'm glad you could join us today. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me.
0: I can't tell you how many times your name was popping up in my uh, my Twitter feed yesterday. How does it feel to, to be a trending topic? Not just the book, but but you are a trending topic.
1: Oh my gosh! I I I, I stopped looking at Twitter. I was too scared. <laughs> it's and mildly not. Na- it's it's a bit nauseating. I think. It, I guess in a good way. It's scary.
0: <laughs> well, but you have to know with the book coming out, people are going to be talking about uh, not just the book, but uh, certainly your your role and talking about uh, you know a focus on you on the campaign.
1: Yeah, and you know that's that's what makes it so uncomfortable in some ways because as a journalist, you're not used to talking about yourself. And and while I was writing about the book, I I, I got very honest, and I thought it was a good I-, I thought it was a good idea to get really honest. And now I realize, oh my god, I was I was very honest, and now everybody's reading it, and oh my gosh, I'm going to have to, um, <laughs> people are going to read things that then they're going to know so much about me. So it's scary. It's it's like they say it's like. Um, it's like giving birth to a book, and uh, this certainly, I haven't given birth, but I, I think this might feel that way.
0: <laughs> so walk us a little bit through how you got into this, and and you were basically the first uh, national uh, reporter to, to jump on and following the campaign. How did you get into that?
1: Um, so yeah, I was. I was the first full-time TV reporter, national TV reporter, to follow Donald Trump, ultimately the first reporter, and, and NBC was the first network to take him seriously as a candidate, and this was... Um, Back in June of 2015, when the headlines sounded a little bit like this, Donald Trump is running for president and it's going to be hilarious. Right. So I got put on this trail and I didn't, you know, they thought it was going to be six weeks. Nobody considered Donald Trump to be a serious contender. They thought he would not release his financials. If he did make it to the first debate, he would never make it through the entire debate without being laughed off stage. He would eventually drop out. Uh, that didn't happen. So what was supposed to be six weeks, and then I would go back to my home in London, where I lived, ended up being more than 510 days.
0: At what point did you get a sense that this went beyond just uh, a, a vanity candidate, that uh, that he started taking it seriously and, and, and realized uh, you know, you might have a chance of winning?
1: Uh, well, early on, I mean, you saw these crowds that would show up for him. He got Twenty thousand people to show up for him in Mobile, Alabama, six months before the a primary even took place. Republicans don't get those sorts of crowds. It just—I can't think of somebody um, who got something that sort of enthusiasm that early on. He was resonating, and so I thought if people are going to show up and, and to see him now, you know, who's to say that they're not going to continue showing up? And you know, that was borne out in the South Carolina primary. The exit poll showed that most of his supporters decided they wanted to vote for him really early on. I mean, back in the fall of 2015. So it didn't matter what we were reporting. It didn't matter what he said. They already knew that they were going to vote for him. And that happened happened back in the fall of 2015. It didn't happen suddenly the night before the election.
0: Because you were there from the beginning, what was your relationship with him like uh, early on? Did he accept you right away?
1: Uh, so the first time I went to a Trump rally was one of his very first rallies it was June 30th, 2015 we're standing around a backyard pool in New Hampshire there's (laughs) probably about 200 people at this thing this is not the 10,000 person rallies that we had become accustomed to from the Donald Trump campaign later on Um, this was an intimate gathering an awkward gathering a curious gathering you could call it and I show up Donald Trump in my mind does not know who I am I don't really know who Donald Trump is other than what I had seen on television you know The Apprentice And what I know from the, you know, the myth of him in New York City, and I'm standing there and I'm taking notes, I'm tweeting what he's saying, he's talking about how the media is terrible, he's talking about how he stands by his comments that Mexicans were sending rapists uh, into the country, there should be a wall, and suddenly I hear my name, Katie, you're not paying attention to me. I look up. It's Donald Trump, and he knows. Not only does he know who I am, he's calling me out and 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 chastising me for not giving him the attention that he thinks I should be giving him. I yell back. I'm tweeting what you're saying. <laughs> he he seems to approve because he moves on. He says I, I think you do a good job, and. That was that was me and Donald Trump for the rest of the campaign, this up and down relationship where he'd call me out, expect me to, to report more favorably on him. And I would refuse. And then he would attack me. Um, and it went back and forth.
0: But then he's going from from calling you out at a, at a backyard pool with 200 people to to a large rally in, a, in South Carolina.
1: Yeah, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, December 7th, 2015. I sound like Rain Man with these dates, but I wrote a book. (laughs) Um, uh, That was uh, Pearl Harbor Day, obviously. Donald Trump had just announced that he wanted to ban all Muslims from coming into the country. This was a very heated moment. San Bernardino the terrorism attacks had just happened. President Obama gave a speech about terrorism. Donald Trump is saying that the administration that was in power, the Obama administration wasn't properly vetting people and that and people were scared that they were going to get killed by terrorists. GOP voters would say that was one of their number one fears. And so this idea that the media was complicit in it, complicit in protecting the administration and not telling the truth was pervasive in this room. And Donald Trump is is riling up the crowd. And suddenly, like that backyard pool, I hear my name out of nowhere. Katie, Katie Turr, little Katie, she's back there. She's back there. Not only is he calling me out, he is pointing me out in the crowd. And the crowd turned on me. And it was terrifying.
0: So, so, so what do you do? Put it put in a place like that? And again, you're from the beginning, you're expecting to be covering this. And then suddenly you're you're becoming a story that's, uh, that, that's certainly out of your element.
1: Uh, it's uncomfortable. I didn't want to be part of the story. I didn't choose to be part of the story. Donald Trump made me part of the story.
0: Now, when he felt uh, you know he was being treated uh, unfairly, is it is it the media coverage or is it just because you feel like you know he only wants to to hear positive things about himself? Did he feel that you were being too hard because you weren't only reporting uh, you weren't saying he's the best and the biggest?
1: He does want to hear positive things about himself, and that's why he says the same thing today to reporters. Um, he hasn't changed. He thinks he feels fundamentally that he's not getting the credit that he deserves. Um, he doesn't think the things he says he says are outrageous. He thinks that, you know, he wants to be uh, credited for for a lot, um, even when he says things that are that are inconsistent. He would say constantly that he was always against the Iraq War, and that was demonstrably false. But he wanted the credit for being always against the Iraq War.
0: I was going to ask you originally how long it took you to settle into uh, into a normal life after the campaign, but now with this book out I guess it's uh, it's starting all over again.
1: I haven't I mean I wrote the book you know from January until basically August. okay I haven't I haven't had a time to settle back in hopefully in a few weeks
0: <laughs> And uh, it's unbelievable my front row seat to the craziest campaign in American history. Well Katie, okay, I wish you the best of luck and uh, and stay calm and uh, thank you for calling in today.
1: Ryan, thanks so much for having me.